Day and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's 3.04 p.m. on Friday, May 12th. A sunny, beautiful day here on Guam. Light breeze, 10 to 14 miles an hour coming out of the northeast at this moment. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, KHMG 88.1 FM. Here in Barragata, Guam. Glad to have you with us today. This is Live Till 5. It's our weekly two-hour live talk and variety program here on Harvest Family Radio. And glad you could be with us. Some of you might be heading home from Carline right now. Half a day to all you kids in the car and you parents that have tuned in on the radio dial. Glad you could be with us. If you ever miss part of the show, you can always tune in on Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound, noon to 2, Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. You can also go to khmg.org and listen on live to our live stream or download the podcast and listen to the whole show at your convenience. We have some people might be still at work and you're listening on your computer through khmg.org. Half a day to you. Those that are driving out and about heading to soccer practices and sports events and graduation preparation and baccalaureates you name it there's a lot going on here on guam this weekend this is episode 215 on this friday may 12th cannot believe we've done 215 episodes of live till five when we started this show we had a few reasons we started it we wanted to entertain you a little bit we realized by the end of the week friday afternoons if you're like me you need to let your hair down a little bit you need to relax you need to smile you need to laugh a little bit you need to kind of just take a load off as my grandma used to say so we want to take a load off of you take a load off your feet at least off your mind but we also want to inform you about things there's a lot of interesting things happening here on guam and all around the world here at harvest even and we take opportunity to share those things with you we like to educate you and encourage you we want to build you up in your christian walk everything we do here at harvest family radio is bible based and we try to uh, stick to our mission helping people develop a heart for god even in our lightheartedness on fridays i encourage you to avail yourself of the resources here at khmg by going to our website khmg.org you can download podcasts of many great programs that we produce here locally including Building Great Leaders, Take Note, Harvest Echoes, Harvest Time, Living Redemptively, and of course, this program right here, Live Till 5. So, so glad you're with us today. Going to have a fun show today on this Friday, May 12th, 3.07 p.m. now, here in the studios of KHMG. And, uh, you know, the month of May, a lot of neat things happen in May, a lot of interesting observances. For some of you, it's graduation day or Maybe you have someone in the family that's graduating. Popular time to get married as well. 
But there are a number of different observances for the month of May, including, but not limited to, Huntington Disease Awareness, International Business Image Improvement, International Civility Awareness, uh, Audit Awareness, Victorious Woman, Jewish American Heritage, Latino Books, Lupus Awareness, Melanoma Skin Cancer Detection and Prevention, Mental Health, Motorcycle Safety Awareness, National Asparagus Month, National Allergy and Asthma Awareness, National Barbecue Month, ooh, that sounds good, National Bicycle Safety Month, National Celiac Disease Awareness, National Chocolate Custard Month, National Comfort Month, National Community Action Month, National Duckling Month, National Egg Month, National Family Month, which is mid-May through mid-June, National Foster Care Month, which is a big deal. Uh, Shout out to all of our foster families here on Guam. Glad to have you serving the foster care community. And National Gaspacho Aficionado Month. Gaspacho Aficionado Month. Are you a gazpacho aficionado? Do you even know what an aficionado is? I think it means someone that's kind of an expert or a lover of something. And at gazpacho, do you know what gazpacho is? Anyone? Anyone? Yes. It is a soup made of raw vegetables and served cold, originating in the southern Spanish region of Andalusia. So it's an Andalusian dish. Gazpacho is widely eaten in Spain and neighboring Portugal, particularly during the hot summers when it is refreshing and cool. Looks a little bit like a salsa, but it's a soup. Tomato, cucumber, garlic, and uh, origin is Spain, gazpacho. And the month of May is National Gazpacho Aficionado Month. I just like saying that, gazpacho aficionado. Also, this week, today is the 12th, the 13th through the 21st is Armed Forces Week. Salute to all of our men and women in our United States Armed Forces. That's the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and U.S. Coast Guard. So thank you all for your service. Dating and Life Coach Recognition Week ends tomorrow. Food Allergy Awareness Week ends tomorrow as well. As we continue here, what else is happening this week? Uh, let's see. National Anxiety and Depression Awareness Week ends tomorrow. National Hamburger Week, National Herb Week, National Hospital Week, National Pet Week, National Women's Health Week, Puppy Mill Action Week, all ending this weekend, along with Root Canal Appreciation Week. Now, that's an interesting week to observe, Root Canal Appreciation Week. Sounds a little bit, um, I have conflicting feelings about that. Salvation Army Week is ending tomorrow. And then World Migratory Bird Day starts tomorrow, and it's this weekend. World Migratory Bird Day. Let's see here. What else is happening? Well, today being the 12th, Child Care Provider Day, Fantastic Friday, and uh, basically raising awareness for whales and rays and sharks and things like that. Uh, did you see the... Uh, news about 30 minutes ago. It's Friday afternoon, 3.11. About 30, 45 minutes ago, something popped up in the news that they spotted 15 great white sharks off the coast, like in the swimming area of the beach in Southern California near Orange County. And uh, not too far from where a lady had been bitten by a shark, I believe just last month, but 15 great white sharks. And it is Fantastic Friday. International Nurses Day today. Limerick Day. Now, limericks 
are a type of poetry. For example, let, let me share a little limerick with you here. Uh, here you go. A certain young fellow named B.B. wished to wed a woman named Phoebe. But, he said, I must see what is the clerical fee before Phoebe be Phoebe B.B. See, that's a limerick. There was a young man so benighted he never knew when he was slighted. He would go to a party and eat just as hearty as if he'd been really invited. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this one here, all of you educators might appreciate this. A maiden at college, Miss Breeze, weighed down by BAs and lit Ds, collapsed from the strain, said her doctor, it's plain, you're killing yourself by degrees. How about this one? Uh, a painter who lived in Great Britain interrupted two girls who were knitting. He said with a sigh, the park bench, well, I just painted it right where you're sitting. See, there you go. Those are limericks. Well, limericks, it is uh, National Limerick Day today, May 12th. Limerick, of course, is a nonsensical verse of five lines. Line one, two, and five rhyme. Lines three and four rhyme with each other. The style is termed as A-A-B-B-A, or referred to as being anapestic, which means two short syllables followed by a long one. Limericks contain puns or wordplay. Very challenging to write limericks. You've got to kind of have an idea in mind where you're going with it. But anyway, it's Limerick Day today on the 12th, so there you go. It's also Military Spouse Day, National Fibromyalgia Awareness Day, National Hospital Day, National Nutty Fudge Day, and National Odometer Day. Tomorrow, National Apple Pie Day, among many things that are being observed tomorrow. Apple Pie Day. We could celebrate that together. National Archery Babysitter Day, Fruit Cocktail Day. I asked the guys, Sebastian and Chris and I, all are unanimous. We all like fruit cocktail. And me personally, and maybe it's just because back when I was single, I would do this. I like fruit cocktail. I like fruit cocktail in the can at room temperature. Opened with an old-fashioned rusty can opener. Eaten with a plastic spoon that I kept from McDonald's. That's how I like my fruit cocktail. And it doesn't have to be the fancy stuff in like uh, pear juice or anything like that. It can be in the straight syrup. It can be the the black and white off-brand label. I don't mind. As long as it has those little cherries in it, I'm good. So anyway, fruit cocktail day. Yep, that's it tomorrow. Going to have some of that. Windmill day as well. Train day and miniature golf day. Sunday, Mother's Day, of course. It's Mother's Day. Hey, Make sure that you wish your mother a happy Mother's Day. And if you're married and your wife is a mother, wish her a happy Mother's Day. And if you have a sister and she's a mother, wish her a happy Mother's Day, etc., etc., etc. So happy Mother's Day to my mother, Marla Baldwin. Happy Mother's Day to my sister, Emily Baldwin, Emily Iseman. And happy Mother's Day to my wife, Tammy Baldwin. So Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Maybe we'll say a little more about Mother's Day later on. It's also National Chicken Dance Day. So on Mother's Day, you can do the chicken dance with your mom uh, if you're so inclined. The Stars and Stripes Forever Day is also on Sunday. Monday, Accounting Day, Dinosaur Day, Hypermesis Gravidarum Awareness Day. And I believe I had a friend that went through this. It's a terrible form of nausea, and I believe it's... Uh, I had a friend that had this when she was expecting, and she had such bad nausea, she had to be admitted to the hospital multiple times, and I believe that's what she had there. International Conscientious Objector Day, didn't know there was one. Chocolate Chip Cookie Day, 
Nylon Stockings Day, and Straw Hat Day. Uh, on Tuesday, Biographer's Day, Pickle Day, National Sea Monkey Day, and Nickel Day. So May 16th is not only Pickle Day, but also Nickel Day. There you go. You know how you could celebrate that? Go to your local market and buy a pickle with a bunch of nickels. Uh, Hummus Day is the 17th. National Cherry Cobbler Day, which happens to be one of my favorite desserts in the whole world, as anyone that knows me well knows that I really love cherries. I like cherry cobbler, and if I have my druthers, I'll have cherry dump cake, which is like a modified cherry cobbler dish. It's very good, very easy to make. The ingredients only cost you about 8 or $9 here on Guam, and uh, you can drop it by any time during office hours if you like. National Cherry Cobbler Day is the 17th. Employee Health and Fitness Day, well, of course, to offset all the cherry cobblers. And then National Walnut Day, and if you're from the Midwest like I am, Black Walnut is the walnut that comes to mind on that. And then the 18th, finally, I love Reese's Day, like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, things like that, International Museum Day, and National Cheese Souffle Day. How many of you listeners have ever executed a perfectly crafted cheese souffle? Not many can do that. Anyway, enough about food. Let's take a short break. We're going to listen to some Harvest highlights. want to make sure that you come back after this short break and enjoy the rest of Live Till 5 with me and the whole gang right here on KHMG 88.1 FM Harvest Family Radio. Stick around. More Live Till 5 after this. with a little more live till 5, 325 p.m. on this Friday, May 12th, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries, peeking out the window of the Harvest Family Radio studio, watching cars roll by. Maybe you're in one of those cars with your radio on saying, they're talking about me, Mom. Yes, I'm talking about you. Great to have you listening on this Friday afternoon. Some of you might be listening on your way home from church on Sunday night or as you're driving about on Saturday afternoon, getting ready to go to the Harvest girls soccer game quarterfinals it's What's at, that? It's at, at six, six o'clock it got moved to 6 p.m well it was always at that time okay because of the way the gate and security works over there at the guam high oh um, yeah naval base mm-hmm. or the naval hospital area and uh so it's at six o'clock tomorrow 6 p.m night. under the lights it'll be under the lights but uh but it'll be a little bit tight for those that are trying to go to both yeah because then um, the guys championship volleyball match is seven seven at but UOG. if you have the game before it that takes a little while and goes to, say, five sets, it could be a little later than seven. Yeah. But the girls' game will go at least, I would say, no earlier than six, uh, 7.40-ish. Yeah, and then it um, takes you 20, 30 minutes to get yeah, over there. it will. You're hoping, you're hoping that uh, you'll be able to catch a little bit of that game. Yeah, a little of each, a little of each. Or that it was just such a 
you know, a, a great game that it was over in three sets. And, yeah, you know, no, that'd be amazing. That would be awesome. That but would be. Yeah, so the Harvest Christian Academy Eagles girls high school soccer team are taking on the Guam, Guam High, High Panthers, Panthers yes. at 6 p.m. at Guam High. Anyone can get in to watch the game. Correct. Uh, you turn at the entrance, not the one that you turn in to go to the uh, Naval Hospital, but there's an earlier entrance that. goes right straight to the track. The playground. Doesn't cost anything to get on base, but once you get there, they do charge a gate fee once you get there uh, to walk up and sit on their nice, comfy uh, concrete bleachers. And then the uh, Harvest Christian Academy boys volleyball team, varsity volleyball team, at the end of their undefeated season mm-hmm. with Kevin Inafuku's last game as a Harvest Christian Academy coach will be at UOG. Talk about ending with drama. Uh, if that's definitely a flair for for the final dramatic ending. Up or down, these guys are going to give it everything they have uh, against the Tiedzen Titans, and uh, that'll be at 7 p.m. at the UOG Fieldhouse. I'm sure there's going to be a gate fee there, too, so bring some cash, and uh, you can watch. The, you might be listening on Saturday afternoon being like, oh, yeah, I want to go to that. You might be listening Sunday night and say, oh, I already know the score of those. Either way. It's all good. It's going to be a great weekend for Harvest Christian Academy. Now, for one of my favorite segments of the show. (laughs) We call it The Buck Stops Here. Taken from a name of a book called The Buck Stops Here. Words of Wisdom from the Deaths of 77 Successful People by Horace Martin Woodhouse. I've added in a few other quotes as well, but these are little desk plaques, little little signs on people's desks that help remind them of things that motivate them. A lot of these guys, I, I don't necessarily know. Maybe I've heard of them or the industry that they're in. This one, however, I know of pretty well. And the sign on his desk is, the important thing is to lay a plan, then follow it step by step, no matter how small or large each one by itself may seem he's the head coach well when this was written of the philadelphia eagles but now of the kansas city chiefs andy andrew walter reed and he's been to the super bowl uh four times he's been to the the nfc championship game four times super bowl uh what is that x x x i x would be uh super bowl 39 in 2004 During his tenure, before he ever got to the Chiefs, this is just before 10 years ago, uh, Reed compiled the best win total, 96 96 wins, winning percentage of almost .61, playoff victory total of eight. That's the highest ever in Eagles history. And uh, basically, the sign on his desk is a quote by Charles Lindbergh. The important thing is to lay a plan, then follow it step by step, no matter how small or large each one step itself may seem. And that is The Buck Stops Here. I love reading. What motivates people? What What is that thing that, that drives them? And uh, it's just interesting studying, uh, if nothing else, just in the way people think and uh, what motivates people. So now, not only do we like to play The Buck Stops Here, but... Uh, PC, one of our avid listeners, avid, she's just avid, she's an avid listener, provided me with a book 
That's what I call listener-submitted content. You know, some people, they'll send me a text or an email with a link. She sent me a 250-page book. That's how avid she is. So, PC, thank you for your avidity and your avidness and your avidaciousness. Um, for this Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban, 700 Sayings and Expressions. This is a scholastic book. And today... We're going to start with uh, rain or shine. Since at least the early 1600s, people have been using this expression to declare that some activity will definitely take place regardless of the weather or other unpredictable circumstances, bad or good. It means no matter what happens, whatever the weather's like, this is going to happen. How about this one? Raining cats and dogs. And I'm, I'm having little... Memories. I cannot remember a specific illustration, but I'm having memories of some of my ESL acquaintances saying this phrase incorrectly. And you could see why, because, you know, when you say raining cats and dogs, that is a specific expression, which I'll explain. But you can't just name any two domesticated animals and say it's raining that because people will have no idea. You can't just say it's, it's raining pigs and porcupines or it's, it's raining, you know, uh, emus and ostriches. It has to be cats and dogs. There are, sev- there are several theories, according to this book, about the origin of this popular idiom, which goes back at least to the mid-1700s in England. One comes from Norse mythology, in which dogs were associated with windy storms and cats were associated with rain. Also in England, in the 17th and 18th centuries, many cats and dogs drowned in floods caused by torrential rainstorms, and their bodies were found in the streets afterwards as if they had fallen from the sky with the rain. But no one really knows where the raining cats and dogs idiom came from, but it means to rain very heavily, to pour rain. We have this all the time here in Guam. Raise an eyebrow. Fairly modern idiom represents what happens to a lot of people's faces when they see something that really startles them. It means to surprise or shock people by doing or saying something outrageous. To raise an eyebrow. Hopefully... We don't raise too many eyebrows with this show. To raise Cain. Though this saying originated in the mid-1800s, it refers to the story in the Bible of wicked Cain who killed his brother Abel. Cain's name became associated with wild behavior. If you get furious enough to cause a loud disturbance and make trouble, then you're raising Cain. A similar idiom would be kick up a fuss or raise the devil or raise the roof. To be very angry, to complain loudly, and to make trouble, raise Cain. Rally round the flag. General Andrew Jackson first used this phrase at the Battle of New Orleans in 1815 when he wanted his troops to come together, rally, and fight the British Army in the War of 1812. The flag Jackson referred to was the U.S. flag, of course. It means to come together and show support, especially in bad times, to rally around the flag. And rat race. A rat race isn't a sporting event. Rats don't have a reputation for relentlessness, competitiveness, and speed. This expression's origin is a nautical phrase. Interesting. Rats do have a reputation for that, but this expression's origin is a nautical phrase for a fierce tidal current. A rat and a race are forms of the French word ross, which means tide race. A rat race or a tide race suggests a confusing, crowded, useless scramble for survival, and unfortunately many people use this phrase to describe their jobs and lives. The rat race, a fierce, unending, stressful competition in business or society. The rat race, not 
what you expected, was it? I didn't know that. I didn't know it was a title race. But you know what? Uh, Rally Around the Flag got me thinking about one of my favorite bumper songs, which is the city of New Orleans. We're going to take a short break as uh, this song carries us away in the rat race of our show. And when we come back, we'll have Lawrence Stangas with This Day in History, Sebastian Basildua with a little trivia for today's topic, which will be named at that time. Chris Harper, all-around good guy and station manager, bringing us some news, participating in our quiz for the day. What's in my coffee as well, as our drinks are delivered here shortly from our favorite baristas down at the Hub. So you stick around, listener. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, 3.35 p.m. on Friday, May 12th. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This is episode 215 of Live Till 5. More Live Till 5 after this short break. Live till 5. Keep it on the sunny side on this Friday, May 12th, 3.39 p.m. It is sunny. And we are trying to keep on the sunny side. Hopefully, we're brightening up your day as well. Hopefully, the uh, implication of the song is not lost on our listeners, that they understand that we are trying to cheer them up, keeping them on the sunny side. Thank you to our uh, music research staff who found this classic old copy with a scratchy record sound. I love that. I I love that kind of stuff. It's great. We had the team researching it all afternoon. I got them on the phone. They were on the phone. They were were texting people. It was amazing. You know, uh, I saw an old um, who's the the actor? Spencer Tracy. Guy used to act with uh, Catherine Hepburn. He was in this movie and I cannot remember the name of it, but it was all about a company where they had all these women that did research and you could call in or you could write in and they would answer any question. They were like the Google of the 1930s. Yes. And this was an actual company. It was like an information company. Or they were like the encyclopedias, so people would write in, or they would call in and ask a question, and then they would provide answers. And is that My Girl Friday? Is it might that have that been. One? It might have been. It might because have been. There's, I, I, yeah, I've it was seen, like she was I've like his right hand. Show. Yeah, yes, I, th- I think so. This, this I have nothing to add to this conversation. Well, you know, it made me think of our our except uh, for it's like proficient research. Yes, it was like the original four one one four one one, and then there's actually uh, things you could um, text. Uh, I can't remember the company right now. Um, there's actually a couple of them back when I was in college, and actually some of my friends while in college worked for this group. Is it was this kind of it would dispatch to people's cell phones, 
and they would basically just Google the information and basically it got people information faster than them Googling it on their own. Is they text in a question, you would look it up and send them back the answer. I can't remember the name of the company that, that did this. That is the ultimate lazy. <laughs> yeah. I, if I you're can't too remember. lazy to Google something, <laughs> that's like you'd get like you get like paid ten cents an answer. That you oh, did. Wow! It was. Oh man, I can't remember the name of it. That's like someone that's, that that watches the same. To work for that. Someone watches the same television channel for ten hours because they're too lazy to get up and turn the channel. I mean, oh shame on those people. I'll tell you what. I, that brings back good. I'm memories. glad you're not associated with that, Lawrence. Yeah, I try to <laughs> not do that because I used to have. Uh, I used to have um, a, a lady that I worked with. And she sat right behind me, and we would be talking. Uh, some people would be talking, and we would say something. Oh, I wonder where that came from. And then you would just hear. Then she'd say, uh, "Came from 1972. It was from Botswana or whatever." Yes. Yeah. And you'd be like, "So we'd be like, Casey, you Googled that so fast." So we began calling her the Goog. The Goog. The Goog. <laughs> nice. Well, <laughs> everyone needs a nickname. Uh, yeah. That Goog. that was Casey's. Casey the Goog. The Goog. Yeah. 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 It's it's uh I do have to admit I'm I'll be watching a YouTube video and they'll say something or I'll yeah. hear someone say a phrase that and I will google it. Yeah. And and you know it's just the nature of the the availability of information nowadays. You can answer just about any question very quickly. It's it's more of a mad dash to see who gets the answer first. Someone'll yeah. make a statement and they'll be like there's got to be more to that. And then everyone pulls out their phone, you yeah. know, looking up what's the, what's the actual That's answer. why pastors now say, don't do it now. Exactly. They'll say something. I did that. I, I did yeah. that two weeks ago, yeah. A pastor has, a pastor mm-hmm. Heron has said that a number of times. Oh, well, you need to learn about this person, but don't do it now. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you, gotta, you almost have to pre-answer the question so that they don't get tempted yes. to do it because it is very easy. And um, have you guys uh, heard that, I guess, Google... When it is on your smartphone, even though when you're you're not actively using it, it is actually receiving information. Have you heard this? Yeah, there's a whole. It, it depends on the phone, and it depends on the app, and it depends on. There's a whole bunch of it depends on because yes. I've had things pop up. So yes. we'll be talking about something. We this happened to us this summer. Yeah, one of the kids. We were talking about something, and then the next time they open up. YouTube or, or Facebook or Google, th- exactly what we were talking about was the first thing that popped up. Yes, it like was learning. It's it's passively listening yes. to uh, what you're what you're talking about. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Go ahead. There were there was a meme about that, <laughs> about how they're like, I'll never have any sort of government material that can, you know, listen to me right. and all that. And then the next one is like, and then Siri came along and everybody's paying 150 bucks. To have it right, in their house exactly. Recording right, everything. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Alexa, uh, the the Alexa, Alexa yeah. yeah, the Alexa, and then there's these I'm other not ones Siri. now. Uh, yeah. What is it actually called? Um, Alexa is the name of it's it. It's the Amazon Echo. 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 Thank Echo. you. Yeah, that's what I meant. Not yeah. Siri is the yeah. wrong name. And you just talk, and it it's it's passively listening all the time. Yeah. Well, and the only thing that triggers it is if you say its name first, right? There, there is a there is a, a pretty good video that I used to show students, and now there's an updated version of it. But it's from the Guardian in the UK, mm-hmm. and it talks about um, all the things they collect from you. And after you've listened to it, and it especially the the um, uh, certain advertisers and certain companies, uh, the databases that they maintain on people is out of this world. And 
And after you, you know, pretty much every student after they listen to it, they go, oh, I this is horrible. I yeah. can't believe, you right. know, they're outraged. We we pretty much do it voluntarily, but, mm-hmm. but right. people seem to be outraged by the fact that they're taking all this information from us that we passively yeah. give them. Yeah, yeah. plenty. In case you were wondering what I was talking about earlier, I know you might have been sitting there and racking your brain. It's called cha-cha. Cha-cha. That's what it. That's, oh, that's the service. Right. That's yes. the service that I was talking I've about. I've never earlier. heard of that. I've never that. heard of that. Cha-cha. Cha-cha texting answer service. Really? It was kind of before. Really, when it was popular, actually, is when uh, everybody had cell phones, but not three G or uh, mobile, mobile like data. Uh, data. They could just do texting. Correct. With no data. Everything was through SMS. Oh, now texts. that makes sense. That that's makes what sense. the service was. So you're using someone else's. Because now I, I thought back to the day and age in which I was using it, or or I was thinking about. Um, doing it for for somebody, we all just had like ra- Motorola Razor cell phones. Uh, remember those? Those were awesome. I remember those. Um, yeah, and then that was the back of the day when smaller was better, and now bigger is better as far as phones are concerned. Yeah. Yep. But that's what it was. So you'd be sitting at your computer, and you could Google it there, and then text them back. Right. So, okay. So you are the four one one. Yeah, you are the yeah. And that's yeah, what it was. You got sense. like ten cents a text that you yeah. answered or something like that. So. And we got in that whole vein of conversation off of the keep on the sunny side yep. being found by our crack research, music research uh, staff. And that that is why the discussion about train of thought it, it could be a lengthy one. Oh uh, yes, it, yeah, <laughs> that train might never stop. So well, yeah. okay. So let me talk to you guys. We're waiting for Sebastian to return. I think he has. A, oh, where is he? He's. I don't know. He's probably. Doing something very important. I know he said he had a meeting from 3 to 3.30. Mm. And it's now 3.48 p.m. on uh, Friday, May 12th. But are you guys to-do list people? Do you make to-do lists? Yeah, when I'm busy. If, it, if it's uh, not something I can do right away, I'm, I have one on my desk. And I see, high. Chris, you've got whiteboards and things like I, that. I've made this joke a number of times in the office, but I don't think I've said it on the radio. I don't have a to-do list. I just have a list of people that I've let down. <laughs> that's pretty much... Oh, boy. <laughs> that's pretty Poor much how my... Yes. done. Yes. Every morning you come exactly. to work and have well, a my dad, my dad always said, hot cup of regret. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my dad always said you should have a list, like just make a list. And now that I I do it a lot like him, it's scrap paper, just kind of everywhere. Yes. You just have three yeah. or four things just littering on my desk, my dresser, my nightstand, and that's what he had too. So well, there are funny. people that have whole systems. Like yeah. um, there are people who would take a uh, eight and a half by eleven, fold it in half, and then you fold it into quarters, and then each quarter is a, a different Important day's level. list, and you keep it with you all week. And then your secretary writes it all. Here's uh, from Mental Floss: seven expert-approved ways to write a better to-do list, including time blocking. Okay, so if I don't know if you ever heard of time blocking, but kind of just making sure that you have time associated with each item you're doing. Hmm. Secondly, the if-then list. So to-do lists are inherently optimistic. By writing something down, you're betting that you'll have the time and energy to make it happen. But sometimes life gets in the way of your fine-tuned plans. One strategy for setting reasonable goals without selling yourself short is to make two lists, one for high-energy days and another for days when you struggle to roll out of bed. So it's if-then. My... uh, struggle list would be much longer um the eisenhower matrix which i was just recently talking to someone about this they had heard of it but they never actually seen it written out so i explained to them how you have urgent not urgent important and not important and you have the four categories you guys have probably seen Mm -hmm. this it's in the stephen covey Mm -hmm. seven habits book as well Uh, the eisenhower matrix 
drawing. Some people like to draw out what they're doing. I'm a little bit like that. That's why I like having a big whiteboard in my office. I like to kind of visualize things. Um, the one, three, five less, which has to do with kind of priorities or ur- level of urgency for everything you do. The Kanban board. So like a calendar, a Kanban board helps you keep your day organized by visualizing the tasks ahead. Kanban was popularized as a scheduling strategy for manufacturing plants. It's the to-do, doing, and done board. Uh, so you can move something from one section of the board all through the process. And then the could-do list. Sam Bennett from the uh, likes to be realistic when planning out uh, her day. Instead of writing a to-do list, the author of Get It Done, From Procrastination to Creative Genius in 15 Minutes a Day. That's kind of a presumptuous, mm-hmm. precocious title. Anyway, uh, <laughs> takes the pressure precocious. off by creating a could-do list. In order to weigh the importance of her optional tasks, she plugs them into a worksheet called a could-do list. So, lists. To-do list is part of I will life. say this. I have a harder time either tracking or keeping up with digital to-do lists, like one that I put in my notes in my phone or something yep. like that. Even with it's reminders much and harder. stuff? Mm-hmm. No. Even, even I don't with like alarms it. and things like that? I, I, don't, I just don't like it. Um, really? I don't like when something pops up because then I'm not in a place to do it and get it done. So I prefer to have like handwritten notes. And I'll sometimes <laughs> rewrite the same to-do on like eight different notes just – it's traveling down the page, uh, like to different pages, but not getting done. Right, That's right. a bad habit. Yeah. So, but I do that often. My wife, she has a, she's a, she's a very uh, prolific note taker, and yes. she is a very organized person, and she has a system. Like she, over the years, has developed different systems or learned other people's systems. Now, with the advent of Pinterest, you can learn other huh. people's best practices and. <laughs> kind of take their ideas and stuff so you don't have to create something new so she's got i forget what the name of the system is called but she makes lists and then whatever's not done carries to the next day's list and then she has like a little symbol and so yeah she likes that but you know what's even better than a to-do list a free drink from the hub and this segment's brought to us by hebrews worldwide coffee shop and bookstore the best little coffee shop on guam offering an endless variety of coffees teas baked goods christian music books and gifts including a pretty small selection of Yankee Candles. I mean, we're just right above the Rock of Gibraltar and just right below Antarctic. The uh, Rock. The uh, Rock of uh, Gibraltar or the, just Gibraltar? The Rock of Gibraltar. Oh. Just, they have one gift shop there, two candles. We're just above that. But, uh, <laughs> Is that right? South Pole yeah. Station number seven has a few more than us. We're right in between. We're, we're kind of... We don't have as many Yankee candles as we used to, so I have to kind of change my little patter, I think, as far as that. But anyway, it's not about Yankee candles. It's about the drinks that we are drinking right now. And if someone's listening, they still have six minutes if they're listening to the live broadcast on Friday. Don't speed. I am drinking a carbonated clear drink. It looks like water. Uh, It looks like water, but it tastes like ambrosia. It's uh, it's very sweet, (laughs) um, refreshing ambrosia. That's the term I use for anything I don't really know what to say, but it's yeah. tasty. So I just say it tastes like ambrosia. I don't know what ambrosia is. I think it's a it's a it's a <laughs> term for, you know, a lot of different types of desserts and things like that. But anyway, ambrosia. ambrosia. Yeah. So uh it's a clear carbonated beverage, sweet, but definitely sugar free, has that sugar free taste. And uh, I think it's a uh, sugar free vanilla fruit splash, which is like a basically a sugar free cream soda is what mm-hmm. it tastes like. So, yeah. great. Yep. 
All right. Uh, Lawrence, was your, yours has an interesting, it looks like carrot juice. It does. That's what my hint was going to be. If you'd like a little bit of a carrot juice looking but not healthy like that at all type drink, this is, this is for you. If you're a tea drinker but don't really like just to be tea, you're okay with some sweetened condensed milk in there, this is also for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I held in my hand here, and it's a very delicious drink, is a Thai tea. And uh, and it's very delicious. I think Sebastian actually has the same drink. Shh, um, don't spoil it. <laughs> okay, I'll wait All for right. you to say it. Ignore what he just said. Strike yep. from the record, Your Strike Honor. Everything that. just said about you Sebastian's so, drink. This Thai tea is very good. Uh, I think they must have brought it back because it hasn't been down there for a while. Yeah. But um, but I, I enjoy it. Thai it's tea. Good. Yeah. All right. Thai tea. It ha- it does have a, a slightly. Unnatural color to it. I must. Well, say. it's a red tea, but then when you put the sweetened condensed milk in there, yes, it compl- it makes it orange. Yes, yeah, red tea. That's that's what it does. It, so, it's actually called red tea. That's yeah, what it is. right, right, right. Thai red tea. Great, great in Thailand. So, Sebastian, what are you drinking? You know what? Um, if you like tea, um, but also want some condensed milk in it, I'd go with this. You know what? And it's a uh, it's a Thai tea. I think, we just, <laughs> I think we just heard that. Exactly. Because okay. I'm trying to. Anything else to add? Like a, well, you, you know, know what? I had been very persistent in asking them to bring this because uh, I love Thai tea. So you, you believe maybe you had a part in them bringing this well, back? Well, they know that I was a, a regular who would oh, ask okay. about it. All right. You're the and, bring it uh, back guy. Well, I don't even know if it's back. This might just be. Sometimes they only do it occasionally. Oh, for, and for they stuff. just made it for you special. Well, today, yeah, yeah. probably. I am special. I know so. Jeremy Window, the uh, uh, executive barista down there, loves Thai tea as well. Oh yeah, so yeah, okay. All right, now Chris, yours yours uh, looks fruity. Yes, sometimes when you drink something and there's a there's a little bit of a, a, a list of ingredients on the back, it says assorted fruit flavors. That's kind of what this tastes like: assorted fruit flavors. <laughs> Like a whole it's box a, of uh, of uh, I, I mean I just fruit, can't fruity place, pebbles all I, in one. I mean I'm not placing anything here. I don't know what this is. It's sweet. It's good. It's cold. It's pink. It's probably just by looking at it, it looks kind of like a strawberry fruit splash. But mm-hmm. there might be something else in there, like a kiwi or a pineapple. Yeah, anytime or, they put something with strawberry, it's really hard to determine. Or a watermelon, a kiwi, or it could yeah. be watermelon. Peach or something like that. I don't know that there's watermelon. It just tastes fruity. I know no. it's not. I, I know it's not Thai tea. I can pretty much guarantee. But it's yeah. not a Thai tea. Yeah, I'd go with strawberry kiwi fruit. It's splash. not a That's mocha. It's guess. not a, it's not a mocha, mocha, and it's not. not a, a it's not mocha. a mango smoothie, and it's not a chilled chocolate. So we've narrowed down all the things. It's not. <laughs> yep. Let's look at the list now. Last week we went through all that with the drinks, and I never revealed what the drinks were. I know. And so uh, we had people. I would imagine. That were <laughs> yeah. that were very frustrated. They were probably tuning oh, in man. Saturday and Sunday, hoping that we would have the answer, and it was just yes. the same recording. Chris, you have a strawberry calamansi. Oh, oh is it calamansi? Yeah, okay. obviously. Calamansi. Uh, <laughs> Lawrence and Sebastian both have the Thai tea. What? That's a tie. Yes, a tie. It's a tie. And then I have sugar-free <laughs> vanilla fruit splash, which is one of my favorite refreshing, calorie-free, sugar-free drinks, which is really great. That's just a, a great thing. So. Um, so now, for all of y'all, uh, we have about two or three minutes here. Um, I don't know if we can really get into a new topic. So how about this instead? Let me let me run a story by you, and you guys give me your commentary on it, and then we'll take a short break. Uh, baseball, 
mm-hmm. baseball. Manny Ramirez, okay, former mm-hmm. former Red very Sox. famous Red Sox. Yep, uh, went to the Bay World Rays. Series. Yep. Japanese baseball team found just the right contract provision to lure former major leaguer Manny Ramirez out of retirement. Unlimited sushi. Ramirez, a 12-time All-Star with mm. a 555 major league homers, signed a contract in January to play for the Kochi Fighting Dogs, which is, by the way, illegal in the United States Fighting Dogs, um, in the Shikoku Island League uh, Plus. In March... The Boston Globe broke down the details of his contract, revealing that Ramirez negotiated for the right to skip practice. Boy, these Japanese teams must just hate when American guys come and join their league. So in his contract, the right to skip practice, the right to have a private driver, the right to have a private hotel room, and his contract included an all-you-can-eat sushi provision. Wow. That Every it, day? I, I guess like so. Sushi. I guess so. Oh, he's... he's uh, I wish I was better at baseball. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's going to be in the sumo league if, he, if he exercises that all his options. To me, frankly, I yeah. don't know. Private I mean, car. What was he not? A private have? driver. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess a private hotel room, so you don't have to have a roomie yeah, the whole so time. When you travel, you get your own room every right. time. Wow. But, I don't know. So he's a fighting dog, and he gets <laughs> as much sushi as he wants. From what Boy. restaurant, though? Because that would have a lot That's to true. do with it. It could be from the Seven Eleven around the corner. Yeah, it could he be. can't be that great anymore, can he? He know. can probably still hit the ball he like crazy. Can. But running around the bases and he fielding, who he knows? Probably has a pinch runner worked into his contract as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's Manny Ramirez for you. So unpredictable, <laughs> so unreliable. That guy. What? <laughs> I'm just making that up. I don't know much about Manny. I remember watching what? him with the Boston Red Sox uh, when, when back in 2009, 2010. He was, I think, he was with uh, the Boston Red Sox there for a while, wasn't he? he yes. was, oh yeah, yeah he yeah. was. He was the one with the what is the stuff? The pine tar, right? Was yeah, so in thick his, on yeah. his. Well, no, it was so thick on his batting helmet, right? Because he put it on his gloves and bat, right. and that's right. normal. But he would fix his hat up here so much, or his helmet, yeah. That it was just oh, the B Caked was pretty there. much right. covered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same thing that uh, my my old uh, baseball hero George Brett got in so much trouble for is getting the pine tar too far up the bat. The bat, yeah. So yeah, the pine tar incident. Okay, well guys, we're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, we're gonna do a little this day in history. We're going to play our trivia game and reveal the topic. So you listeners, just stick around. It is 4 p.m. on Friday, March May 12th. 2017 here at KHMG. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News. A little more live till 5. It's 4.05 p.m. on Friday, May 12th. We are accentuating the positive, eliminating the negative, and we're not messing with Mr. In-Between. A little Perry Como to bring us into the show. Wow. What, 
what am I listening to here? Yeah, this is this was uh, <laughs> our, our crack music research staff found this song for I'm me. I'm telling you what, you are bringing all the vinyls out today. Yes, yes, we are. It, if it, it, that is that is actually a prerequisite. It has to be a vinyl. Yeah. It has to be a scratchy I vinyl. I guess so. Scratchy so, vinyl. Yeah. So anyway, people haven't heard Perry Como since Christmas time. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. something you listen to every day. No. Not really. <laughs> Here's the weird thing. My wife was at lunch with someone recently. We'll call her SM, or her initials. SM, small c, big G. Uh, and they were talking at lunch. And Sarah McGrew. They were talking at lunch. <laughs> and they were talking about this song, apparently. I had no idea. The, that evening, my wife said something to me. And I said, "Hun, you just got to accentuate the positive. And she goes, that is so weird. Sarah just was talking about that song that she's teaching her kids this song right now at her home. And I said, I don't know why I came up with it. I haven't thought of the song in 30 years. Well, accentuating, that, that's not even a word you normally no, use anyways. No. And Chris, uh, the uh, music research, the crack music research staff had a hard time finding this song, right? <laughs> that's because it's A-C-E-N-T-Dash. Whatever the rest of it is, I yeah, don't know. It's, yeah. It, they it's break not, it up into separate words. It's T-C-H-U. yeah, right. They break yeah. So yeah, I think if you Google it, you find it won't come up. Yeah. So now we're gonna do a little this day in history, but I think Sebastian, you worked very hard to find some trivial information, which is kind of funny. You work hard to find trivial information, so. But that's just the way it is. It's kind of the op- It's the paradox of trivia, right? Oh, it's yeah. hard to find less important information. But our theme for the day is actually convenience stores. Can oh, yes. I read an article about the ABC store chain and uh, how it's so popular. If you go through Waikiki, there's an ABC store every 100 yards in Waikiki. I think there, in one mile, there's like 30 ABC stores. And we have a lot of them here on Guam as well. So it got me thinking about convenience stores and things like that. I told Sebastian that we're going to talk about convenience stores. So you have a little trivia for us. Yes. A little game. Five-question game. Five questions. Okay. I'm ready. I did. There should have been 7-11. Seven, <laughs> seven <laughs> yeah. or 11. Uh, yeah, should have been. I call this a convenient trivia. All right. Nice. That's yes. convenient. First, so you want to do this first? You want to do this mm-hmm, first? Right, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do this yeah, first. so much buildup. Don't keep us waiting. <laughs> um, question number one. How are we doing this? Is this ABC and we're yeah, going around The again, usual or? format. Okay. Where okay. I ask All right. Questions. It's, uh, yeah, it's, um, if I shot an answer out, yeah. I'll probably get yeah. docked. It's West, get docked. Westchester yes. rules with, Westchester. A, with a modified uh, uh, scrummage um, <laughs> with a three-point handicap. Yes. Perfect. So, so it's not Marquis of Queensbury. The Marquis rules. of Queensbury. That's Bare knuckle trivia. Fisticuffs. <laughs> Fisticuffs. All right. First question. Which chain owns the most stores around the world? A Lawson. B Circle K. C seven eleven. Or D Family Mart. Seven Eleven. I would say Seven Eleven as well. Yeah, I agree because being in Tokyo, Bangkok, yeah. Guam, and America, all have had Seven Elevens. Lawson's I've only seen in Japan, actually. And uh, I don't even know what Lawson's is. It's it's a convenience store that yeah. was right outside our hotel in Tokyo, yes, and the kids yep. were there 
every all minute. the time. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Well, you all are correct, and because you all are correct, you all get no points. Okay. <laughs> the Cancellation score. Seven Eleven um, is correct answer. Uh, it's sitting well above everyone else, owning mm-hmm. forty six thousand stores around the mm. world, oh. whereas Family Mart. Comes in at second with only twenty two thousand, and that was the one of the four that I hadn't really heard of. Family yeah, Mart, man, crazy. Family Dollar, I have heard of. All right, question number two: What is the most bought item at a co- at convenience stores? Does oh, this wow. include gas or no? No. Okay. Uh, do, well, I'll give you the, the options. Oh, don't worry. Options. A over the counter <laughs> drugs. B milk. C tobacco products. Or D lottery tickets. Oh wow! Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do lottery tickets. Lottery tickets. Yeah. Milk, cigarettes, lottery tickets, or Not what was cigarettes. the other one? Oh I, no, I don't tobacco, think products. tobacco products. Oh, tobacco, tobacco products. products. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, I would say tobacco products. Man, tobacco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I I'd agree with you in the '70s. I I don't know if it's that way now. Uh, I'm going to go with milk just because it's different. Why not? Well, it's tobacco products. Congratulations, huh. Jared. Yes. He's smoking at this Tobacco yeah. products. Smoked us. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was just had, you know, Got a general it. store the other a convenience store the other day, and person surely asked for tobacco products right in front of me. Yeah. all over the place. Yep. Anecdotal <laughs> information. Whoever that person was, don't smoke. It's not good for you. Yep. And the the stores in other countries, the cigarette packages have pictures yeah. of diseased lungs and in people with Bangkok, mouth cancer. That, yeah. In uh, Thailand, right they had Thailand, it the, yeah. right across from a hotel. You go to yeah. the little 7-Eleven there, and the whole wall is like this gruesome display, and people are still lighting up you all sure over you the want place. This? Oh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. America, there are some... There have been proposals to do that in the U.S. It just hasn't passed. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, number three. Third question. Credit card fees are the second largest expense for the industry, labor being the first expense. Hmm. On average, how much does the industry pay in cre- in credit card fees a year? The industry? Oh, this would be in the millions or billions. All right. Well, here are your options. A, $5 million. B, $50 million. C, one hundred million, or D ten billion. Ten billion? Yeah, with yeah. a B. Ten billion. And boy, I would say ten billion. I'm gonna go with a hundred million. Hundred million. Ten billion. Ten billion. Wow, it's ten billion. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to get points. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> True. Thank you. You actually helped <laughs> us with that. You're welcome. Um, Will you yeah. guys cancel? No. Oh. No, what? it's one of the biggest fees that the industry has to pay. Yeah, um, that's why it, some stores illegally put a little sign out that says ten dollar minimum or whatever, yeah. so the fees are less. That's actually illegal on Guam. So if you go to a little market and they have that, you can, if you want to argue with them, say, you know, you're not allowed to require me to spend ten bucks, and they'll look at you like, what? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it got, usually it's about two percent of the sale. It yeah. goes to yep. the, the transaction fee. <laughs> so, all right. S- Question number four, because you guys are such 7-Eleven pros. 7-Eleven was not originally intended to be open 24 hours, hence the name 7-Eleven. It was 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. But something transitioned them into this trend. What was it? A, other stores were beginning to do it, and so they had to adjust to keep a competitive edge. Mm. B, 
A 7-Eleven near a state university was forced to stay open past 11 after sports events and had good sales, which encouraged them to stay open longer. C. New product shipping methods encouraged the store to be open 24-7, benefiting financially. Or D. The owner felt sorry for third shift workers and truck drivers unable to access caffeine at late hours and vowed to stay open 24-7. Wow. You know, the sentiment one is interesting, but I'm not going to answer that. I am. I think it's D. Um, I'm I'm more trying to critique the way you said it than what you actually said. I'm like, was there a twitch in your eye when you were saying (laughs) B? I think it has to do with uh, delivery method of goods, like when shipping of the goods. I'm going to say that as well. That's exactly what I was thinking. You're all wrong. I fooled you all. Uh, It was uh, B, a 7-Eleven near State University. Oh, wow. wow. That was the one I thought it definitely wasn't. Because the (laughs) way you read it, I'm like, Well, I didn't want to give away the answer. Yeah, you're good. (laughs) It was forced to stay open past 11 after football games constantly. Who was it? Um, uh, uh, University of Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. uh, Hook them horns. Yeah, hook them horns. (laughs) Yeah, and after football games, they're having to stay up, and good sales from this encourage them to stay open longer. So, uh, yes. Wow. And then finally, we will have our last question. Question number five. Oh, wait, who got – no one got points for that. Of course. All right. Question number five. On average, roughly how many different individual products are sold at a convenience store? Um, A, 2,000 products. B, 500 products. C, 150 products, or D, 50 products. I'm going to go with 500. 2,000. 2,500. They've got mm. 87 packs of gum right up there and 20. I would say 2,000. Yeah, it's 2,000. I think. <laughs> this is your final answer, 2,000, 2,500. Yep. The correct answer is 2,000. There you go. had to be because if you think about packs of gum, packs of candy – uh, cigarettes, yeah, tobacco, it's tons of quite the variety. and that's a rough estimate yeah. too because yeah. yeah. can vary. But yeah. yes, with yeah. our winner, Jared Baldwin. Thank you very much. You know, this happens to be the topic I chose, so it's not quite fair. <laughs> I did do a little reading, yeah, so I knew Seven Eleven was I mean, the greatest store on the planet for trivia. So yeah, yeah, it's, it was very. He threw very himself much. a softball. I, by the way, when I told you I had read about the ABC stores. Um, uh, ABC stores, there are 34 ABC stores in just Waikiki, which is one and a half square mile radius, 34 of the exact same store. Now, uh, ABC store, of course, is the place you can go for inexpensive t-shirts and things like that, but uh, they planned it this way. They opened the first store in 1964 after a trip to Miami Beach inspired the idea. Waikiki is still a largely resi- was still a largely residential neighborhood at the time, according to the Honolulu Star Bulletin. But when they saw what Miami's bustling tourism industry was like, they thought my Waikiki would eventually be the same way, and that was pretty insightful. And uh, basically, when Hawaii became a state in 1959, tourism just exploded. Now, 51 years later, over 85 hotel towers hotels tower over the dense beachside neighborhood with an ABC store on uh, or two at the foot of most of the buildings. So 34 different stores. So that kind of got me thinking about convenience stores. 
Well, I wonder how that compares to Starbucks in Seattle or Dunkin' Donuts in Boston. Yes, yeah, because it's a similar situation. Yeah, I had a we had a seven Dunkin' Donuts within one mile of our house what? in New yep. Hampshire. Yeah, 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 because yeah, every gas station. No matter what the chain ones they have it, then you have this freestanding stores, then in the grocery stores. Now in the States, every Target has a Starbucks. So, you know, it just is a multiplication. Yep. You go from, you live your life from Starbucks to Starbucks, basically. So, okay, so let me ask you guys, then we're going to go to this day in history. What is your favorite convenience store or the most prominent convenience store from where you are at? Like, is there something special in Michigan, Lawrence? Is there a special? No. Um, no, and that's why I think I was so enamored with, um, in Pittsburgh, they have, well, Wawa's over on the East Coast. Yep, I'm going to talk about Wawa they later. They have sheets, sheets. Oh, I've seen that, yeah. In, I think I've in stopped Pittsburgh, there before, yeah. And, uh, and they have MTOs, which are called made-to-orders. Mm-hmm. So basically, you go up to this little kiosk and type in your order, and they make it right there in the gas station for you. That would be, like, the greatest uh, convenience store thing I have in the states near my house. I mean, it was your regular mobile shells, uh, and then we had a Seven Eleven, mm, and nothing 7-11. unique like yep. that. Okay, but um, so those aren't really convenience stores or more gas stations. You've lived yeah. a number of places, Illinois being one of the most common. What yeah. convenience stores did you guys have around there? Actually, uh, Casey's General Store. Casey's, yes, you heard it. I I enjoyed them because they they made pizza and yes. and donuts that were all fresh there. Yep. Yep, Casey's is uh, headquartered in Iowa, somewhere yeah. near uh, Faith and Ankeny, actually, because they have them on every corner there. Yeah, yeah I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, there in Iowa. Casey's mm. pretty good. Chris, up in the Pacific Northwest, any uh, or in Alaska, even they have any special they convenience have, stores? There, there are a couple of since since I've lived in near Canada, in Spokane, and then um, there's sort of a relationship between Canada and Alaska that's sort of different than. Um, they, they, there are some Canadian places that I went to. I can't remember the name of the one right now, but it had kind of a, it's always red. Everything's red. Tim Hortons. Well, that's a donut place. No, but they had, sometimes they would have Tim Hortons coffee. Oh yeah. The place, Mm -hmm. the plate, so the actual place. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they were Canadian because they had a little, the little maple leaf on things. Um, but I can't remember the name of the place. And then in Alaska, there were all the oil companies had, places like yeah. bp there's yeah, always right. a bp everywhere right. yep. or a shell yeah right and then they had a convenience yep. store attached we so. had um the coastal mart i know was really big up that way the uh where i'm from in missouri we had quick trip which is now mm-hmm. i've heard of all that. across oh, yeah. america a, they have I've one right it. outside the campus of bob jones university and yeah. right outside the campus of faith baptist bible that, Culture, those just kind of came there uh, yes. recently it was a strictly midwest place originally quick trip well, there's two there's the the quick, quick with, a with a k, k right this is the quick with the, the quick. q where yeah. i'm from quick with a q q u i c k t r i p they have quick with a k in right Wisconsin. that one yeah and those are two totally one. separate I, chains they are, yeah the quick with a q is like a really nice uh, full it's convenience it's very much like the ones i'm talking about like yes. in pennsylvania yeah and they have the big like gulp drinks and every, all that every pop like yes in, on exactly with all the different uh flavors you can get cubed mm-hmm. ice or crushed ice yeah 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 we i i lived uh at Quick Trip, uh, when I ran a delivery company for a while, I, I was eating three meals a day there. So, <laughs> well, you know what? We're going to play a little this day in history. Well, it's not really play. I yeah, guess we're going to you know, passively fine. participate by listening to Lawrence. It is uh, Friday, May twelfth. What happened in May twelfth in history? Well, Lawrence? Uh, let's go back to twelve fifteen on May twelfth. 
Uh, England English barons served the ultimatum on King John, uh, leading him to sign the Magna Carta uh, back in 1215. So that was uh, quite a quite a day ago. But William Wilberforce in 1789 makes his first major speech on abolition in UK House of Commons, reasons the slave trade morally reprehensible and an issue of natural justice. Uh, so there will still be in America another um, almost 100 years of, of slavery before the Civil War happens, but William Wilberforce was speaking out against it already in the 1700s. Uh, 1885, the Battle of Batoche, or Batoche, Louis Riel and the Metis defeated by Frederick Middleton leads to the collapse of the provincial government of Saskatchewan, speaking of Canada, and surrender of Rael. So I didn't even know what, I don't, Saskatchewan a, history, that's kind of out there for yeah, me. Yeah, it's an obscure, smaller group of listeners, but we're yeah. glad to honor them today. Yeah, there you go. 1902, 140,000 miners of anthracite coal in Pennsylvania go out on strike called by the United Mine Workers after the owners have refused to recognize the UMW uh, negotiator submit arbitration. Uh, that was with Teddy Roosevelt, um, 140,000 miners. It's a lot of people stop working. I grew up with a lot of that UAW stuff uh, in Flint. Uh, it was probably twice a year I'd be going somewhere and there'd be picketers yep. up Flint, and down the Dearborn, road. Flint, Dearborn, all yep. those places up there, yeah. Yep. Um, 1932, body of kidnapped son of Charles Lindbergh is found in Hopewell, New Jersey. I think I brought that up a different part of that the story. The Lindbergh baby. Um, but that that's kind of a uh, sad story. Uh, 1937 coronation of King George VI of Great Britain and his other and his other realms and territories beyond the sea at Westminster Abbey. Uh, I think he's the king before Elizabeth II, and she's been since. Uh, we brought her up last week because we were talking about the King of Thailand. I think that was last week. Yes, it was. Uh, 1943 British premier Winston Churchill arrives in the U.S. Um, so that was right there in the middle, actually in the middle of World War II. And um, great friends of the U.S. and Britain were back then. Ernie Banks, 1970, hits his 500th home run. We were just talking about baseball today, so might as well throw that one in. I used to share a whole lot more sports uh, sports facts, but just not as many today. 1984, South African prisoner Nelson Mandela sees his wife for the first time in 22 years. Uh, a lot had changed. <laughs> wow, twenty-two years. I um, I, I can't imagine what that'd be like. It'd be pretty exciting. Um, let's see. And lastly, here we have a couple. Things you know his wife's name? In. I don't. Winnie. Oh really? Right? Was it Winnie Mandela? Winifred? Pretty sure. Anyway, continue. Yeah, the last last few things Worthless here. This information. Um. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a an earthquake. Of worthless the, the, information. the most recent thing I have that's <laughs> not um, that's just random, sort of, is 2008. There was an earthquake measuring a 7.8 in magnitude occurring in Sichuan, China. Oh yeah, killing over 87,000 wow. and injuring yeah. 374,000. Wow, and leaving homeless between 4.8 million and 11 million people. Wow. And so the earthquake that happened, I don't know, was it maybe Tuesday morning? Yeah, was uh, there Tuesday or Wednesday morning? 5.2. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. It felt pretty big. It was quick, though. It was very short. It yeah, was. It was. It was about the magnitude of someone with shaky leg syndrome sitting at the dining room table with you. It's about that kind of. 
Okay, who's, who's shaking their legs? I sit with those people all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know shaky leg syndrome. It's a thing. Yeah, it's it a is. Thing. It's a nervous, yeah. nervous thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's this day in history. And uh, also our trivia game about our topic of the day, which is convenience stores. We're going to take a short break, come back, talk about our theme of the day, have a little bit of touch of the news maybe, and uh, we'll have a little uh, Scottish music as we go out because I found that everyone loves bagpipes. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. That's anyone loves bagpipes. <laughs> if our listeners disagree, they can let us know through our Facebook page, Great. Harvest Family Radio. <laughs> Just go to Harvest Family Radio uh, and uh, click the like button and leave us some comments, and we'll take a short break. More live till five after this. Back with a little more live till five. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries, right here from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today. It's been a lot of fun having the guys up here, Lawrence and Sebastian, Chris. Chris will be back with the news in just a little bit. Talking about a number of things today, including, but not limited to, convenience stores. The 10 best convenience store chains in America, according to this article I found online from the CSP, it's Convention Store, Convenience Store Post, I think it is. It's a website that rates convenience stores, talks about everything convenience store related. This article came out a couple years ago, but uh, the convenience top 100, number 10, Circle K, number 9, maybe these help you reminisce if you've been in the states thornton's number eight sheets seven wawa six racetrack five quick trip with a q the one i spoke of four cumberland farms three loves l-o-v-e-s two pilot j and number one best convenience store in america according to the csp convenience top 100 7-eleven 7-Eleven's number one. Now, uh, if you've ever been around someone from New York or heard someone talking in New York, in New York, now, not all convenience stores are gas stations. Now, here, we have little markets that are also convenience stores. They have the same thing in big cities. In New York, they call them bodegas. You ever hear it called a bodega before? I always wondered what... uh, a bodega was. And so for all curious non-New Yorkers, according to this article in the This Is New York website, a blog about New York neighborhoods, it says that for all curious non-New Yorkers, a bodega is a Spanish word translating as a warehouse or cellar. But in New York and other cities, it's a colloquialism for a type of grocery or convenience store. Um, While the bodegas are no longer exclusively associated with Spanish-speaking owners... It the name has stuck. So little market, little little shop, little convenience store is a bodega. So like the little JS store here by our Harvest Campus, with 
with the nice folks that run it there. That would be a bodega if we were in New York. What's a convenience store? Well, according to Wikipedia, it's a small retail business that stocks a range of everyday items, groceries, snack foods, confectionery, soft drinks, tobacco products, over-the-counter drugs, toiletries, newspapers, magazines. In some jurisdictions, corner stores are licensed to sell alcohol, like beer and wine. Some stores are also offering money orders, wire transfer services, and they differ from general stores and village shops in that they are not in a rural location and are used as a convenient supplement to a larger store. So that's a convenience store. And then this Wikipedia story goes on and talks about all the different countries and what convenience stores they have and what's popular. But in the, the category under the United States, in-store convenience store sales grew 2.4%, reaching a record $195 billion, combined with $486.9 billion in motor fuel sales, total convenience store sales in 2011, when this article was written, $681.9 billion. So one out of every $22 of the overall $15.04 trillion U.S. gross domestic product comes from convenience stores and convenience stores fuel sales. That is crazy. That one twenty-second of the American gross domestic product comes from convenience stores. That is crazy. The first chain of convenience stores in the United States was opened in Dallas, Texas, 1927, by the Southland Ice Company, which eventually became 7-Eleven, as we mentioned earlier, the largest convenience store chain. Stores connected to service stations developed into a trend celebrated by some progressive architects. In 1939, a dairy owner named J.J. Lawson started a store at his dairy plant near Akron, Ohio, to sell his milk. The Lawson's Milk Company grew into a chain of stores, primarily in Ohio. Circle K, another large company, uh, owned convenience store, a convenience store chain, was founded in 1951. Since that time, many different convenience store brands have developed, and their stores may either be corporate-owned or franchises. The items offered for sale tend to be similar despite the store brand and always include milk, bread, soft drinks, cigarettes, phone cards, coffee, slushies, candy bars, things like that. So it's a very common thing in the United States, and uh, I'll talk a little bit more about convenience stores here in a minute. But I have Chris Harper, all-around good guy and station manager, I don't know which one of those comes first. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg. Chris, were you, I mean, you're, you you are the all-around good guy of the radio station, but you're also the station manager. I guess they're equally important. Being a good guy does help you be a better manager. Being a better manager makes you a good guy. I don't, you're the only one who calls me the all-around good guy. That's I guess not if, something. But think about it. Like if I said he is an all-around evil despot. And station manager. It would totally wow. change people's opinion. Uh, yeah. Let's or if we said, hey, he's an all-around good guy, but he is a total nincompoop uh, manager. <laughs> wow. You know, so they have to be, uh, you have to be a good guy and a station manager at the same time to have this uh, positive connotation, I That's think. Great. Let me think about that. Yeah. It might catch on. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to start something here. Yeah. People don't usually say that when I walk into a room or anything of that yeah. nature, but- yeah. Everyone needs something. Yeah. So do you want to hear the news? I would love to hear <laughs> oh, okay. the news. All right. We can get to that. Uh, several things today. Um, you'll notice I mention uh, often that we get uh, many of these stories from SRN News, from the SRN News website. And uh, some of the stories are from Reuters and some of them are from different sources. But today there was a an item in the World News section of srnnews.com 
that uh, had mentioned Guam and was a, a Guam-centric story in the world news. So it's obviously getting a little broader audience today. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. I'm in a, a minute, I guess I should say. Uh, U.S. Homeland Security officials met with major U.S. airlines and a trade group on Thursday to discuss the impact of possibly expanding a ban on large electronic gadgets on planes to flights from some European airports. Uh, the afternoon meeting included a high-level executive from Delta Airlines, uh, from United, American Airlines, and a trade group for airlines in America. The airlines and the group both declined comment, but in March, the United States announced laptop restrictions on flights originating from 10 airports, including in the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and Turkey, because of fears that a concealed bomb could be installed in these electronic advice, uh, devices and then taken onto the aircraft in that way, Britain quickly followed suit with restrictions on a slightly different set of routes. The Trump administration is likely to include some European countries in the in-cabin ban on gadgets larger than cell phones and is reviewing how to ensure lithium batteries stored in luggage do not explode in midair. Reuters uh, was reporting starting on Wednesday. Homeland Security spokesman David Lappin declined to discuss the meeting. He said on Wednesday that no final decision had been made on expanding the restriction and that there would be no announcement on Thursday. Sounds like that would be a significant development, especially if you're flying to either anywhere in the mid uh, mid East, yes. Middle East, or in Europe. And a lot of these flights have now gotten rid of their in-flight entertainment and swapped it out for a Wi-Fi-based system so that you can use your own device, like an iPad, some type of tablet, a Chromebook, things like that, where you can actually utilize their Wi-Fi, use your computer. They even have online services available now. Right. I don't know how it would impact us in, in um, on this island because, um, you know, there's not a lot of direct flights that would go to Europe or, right. or whatever, mostly uh, Asia. But there are... Um, places that we fly to and from that have terrorism problems as well. So uh, next thing on the list, this is the, the Guam mentioned story in world news. A French-led amphibious force, including contingents from Japan, Britain, and the United States, postponed their first ever joint beach attack drills in the Western Pacific on Friday after a landing craft ran aground. The military exercise, of course, here on Guam, which included U.S. troops, British and Japanese helicopters and landing craft launched from France's amphibious minstrel carrier, had been meant as a show of force to counter China's growing military power in the region. However, the halt to training on Friday could blunt that message. The exercise was halted after that French landing craft did run aground at damaged one of its propellers. A separate helicopter landing drill was also canceled. Now, that's according to a spokesman from Japan. China is extending its influence beyond its coastal waters and the South China Sea into the Pacific by acquiring aircraft carriers. France also controls uh, several islands in the Pacific, New Caledonia, French Polynesia included there. France is seeking stronger economic ties with Beijing, Beijing but along with Britain, 
is also looking to balance China's expanding power by deepening security cooperation with Japan, Asia's second strongest naval power after China and the United States. One other story that I thought was interesting and of note for uh, the ministries that we're involved in here and um, just that's an interesting story for religious freedom all around. Many state-funded Texas adoption and foster care agencies routinely deny non-Christian, gay, or unmarried applicants on religious grounds. And uh, and legislation, I should say, that got initial approval in the state house on Tuesday is designed to protect them from potential lawsuits um, that may happen as a result. The private organizations which are paid by the state to place foster children with adoptive families want to continue the practice and are seeking legal protections through Texas's Freedom to Serve Children Act, which the GOP-controlled chamber approved 94 to 51 late Tuesday night. A final vote will be needed Wednesday to send the measure to the state Senate. I assume that's next Wednesday, which is even more conservative. The bill would be the nation's second allowing state-funded adoption agencies to reject families on those religious grounds. South Dakota passed similar legislation in March, but it's too soon to measure its practical effects. While the Texas proposal may not pass uh, the constitutional muster, meaning in the courts, that hasn't stopped state lawmakers who have in recent years approved a voter ID law and abortion restrictions that uh, were subsequently overturned in court. Hmm. Wow. Very interesting. Well, Chris, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah. Have you ever been to the Wawa store, by the way? I've been to a Wawa, yeah. Yeah, up in uh, Pennsylvania. Apparently, uh, Wawa is is a Native American word for the Canadian goose that was found in the Delaware Valley over 100 years ago. And the dairy farm, which owned the land in the rural section of Pennsylvania where the Wawa store's headquarters is, that area, that town is called Wawa, and so that's where it gets its name. But it's originally a Native American word. My uh, in-laws live in um, northeastern Ohio, right on the border of Pennsylvania, and they have, I think that's where I've yeah. seen the Wawa's. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, Wawa. Ohio, New Jersey, right. and Florida. Uh, I mean, who would have thought they'd go to Florida? Maybe they had to take it down there for all those snowbirds that go down there to get away from the cold winters. Nice. So, yeah. Well, a couple other uh, convenience stores things. Thanks a lot, Chris. Really appreciate it. I'm going to give our listeners even more trivial information about convenience stores, including convenience store foods that if you had to eat at a convenience store, what would you eat that is somewhat healthy? Well, here's uh, from a blog about uh, convenience stores foods. And um, this guy, he recommends, of course, there's nuts, milk, jerky, fruit, yogurt, Cereal, tuna, cheese, lunch meat, and chips or pretzels. At least you won't go into sugar coma, he says. Now, according to the Standard Examiner, the best-selling items at convenience stores, uh, this article lists out the best top five selling articles here. Uh, Let's see. Gas is the number one selling item, top purchased item at convenience stores across America. Number two, cigarettes and tobacco products, probably how I got that question right in the game earlier. Number three, alcohol, beer specifically. 
Number four, non-alcoholic drinks, including fountain drinks, sodas, energy drinks, water, etc. And five, fresh food items like sandwiches, burritos, hot dogs, etc. And uh, it's very interesting that gas is number one, but then right below that are cigarettes and beer. And so um, a lot of the markets and convenience stores uh, stay afloat, I believe, because of their sale of those items. Now, as I thought back to my experience as a child, going to convenience stores, we would go to a convenience store or a little little market, little bodega, little convenience store, and we get two items uh, when we were, especially if we were going fishing. For some reason, if we were going fishing, we would get these two items, and we would almost never, ever, ever get these items at any other time unless we were going fishing. First, the Zero Bar. It's a Zero Candy Bar, introduced in 1920, composed of caramel, peanut, and almond nougat, covered with a layer of white fudge or white chocolate fudge. It's white on the outside. That's what makes it kind of unusual, but that is its trademark. First launched by Hollywood Brands Candy out of Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1920, the Double Zero Bar was renamed Zero in 1934, and... Um, Basically, it was really cool. That's why they called the double zero. It was like really cool because it was white and looked like it was a low temperature bar. But initial manufacturing of the candy bar began in Centralia, Illinois, continued through many of the different acquisitions of the company. Basically, it's been bought, the company's been bought by a number of different companies, but basically Hershey Foods owns it now. And you'll see it's kind of a light blue package with a white word zero on it. And out of nostalgia's sake, I stopped at a convenience store and bought one of these not too long ago, a couple years ago, and they're really not very tasty. I don't know. It's a great memory from my childhood, but not very good. But you know what I would always get to wash down the Zero Bar? Maybe you can relate. I would get an ice-cold bottle or can with the, with the little rivlets of water running down the sides on a hot summer day, going fishing. I'd grab... Uh, ice cold can of Royal Crown Cola. Royal Crown Cola. Originated in Columbus, Georgia, when a young pharmacist named, Cla- named Claude Hatcher decided to supply his family's grocery store with drinks that he produced and bottled. Hatcher called his first line of beverage Royal Crown and the first cola called Chiro Cola. Sales grew steadily in 1912. Hatcher's basement bottling activities grew to Cheracola Company. 16 years later, he named the company Knee Corporation after the successful line of fruity beverages he had developed. Hatcher's death in 1933, Vice President Mott took control of the company. Part of Mott's plan was to reformulate the classic Cheracola into a more refreshing beverage. Chemist Rufus Cam was given the responsibility of coming up with a new flavor, which took six months to perfect. The new cola was released to the public with the name Hatcher's original line of beverage, Royal Crown. Royal Crown Cola was an instant sen- sensation. So RC Cola, Royal Crown Cola, has been around a very long time. And RC Cola came up with a number of the other drinks that we are familiar with. You wouldn't originally affiliate it with these other drinks, but um, you can look it up. But RC Cola, they were one of the first ones that I remember as a child drinking, I just really enjoyed RC Cola and a Zero Candy Bar. I still like RC Cola. You can't get it here on Guam. Zero Candy Bar, not so much. And then finally, I looked up what's the oldest or most iconic uh, 
convenience stores in America. Now, these are, are they kind of vie for which one is older than the other. The Brick Store in Bath, New Hampshire, claims to be the oldest in America, but I do believe it closed last year and had to reopen, so I don't know if it loses its title. The Allenwood General Store in Wall, New Jersey, M. Crow & Company in Lowstein, Oregon, and the Brewster Store in Brewster, Massachusetts, located on Cape Cod, has been meeting the needs of locals and visitors for 140 years. Maybe you've been to some of those. Floyd County Store in Floyd, Virginia, and the original Mast General Store in Valle Cruces, North Carolina. So six historic general stores, basically convenience stores that have been around for well over 100 years. You might find that interesting. Maybe you've been to those places. Hey, let's take a short break. When we come back... A little more live till 5. We're going to talk about a couple more serious things as we wrap up the hour. So stick around. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is 4.50 p.m. on Friday, May 12th. Catch us on The Rebound, Saturday noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Listen to the entire live rebroadcast on KHMG 88.1 FM. Or go to our website, khmg.org, and download the podcast. You can listen at your leisure. Stick around more live till 5 after this short break. back with the last few minutes of live till five it's been a great two hours thanks for staying tuned again you can always catch us on the rebound noon to two saturday 7 to 9 p.m sunday night on 88.1 fm khmg or go to khmg.org there's a number of ways you can listen to the program you can download it you can listen live you can also listen to a bunch of other great programs that we produce here at khmg let me share two things with you i thought was very interesting i read in a christian periodical recently This title jumped out at me. A Christian is martyred every six minutes. Last year, almost 90,000 Christians died for their faith, according to an Italian research group. That means in 2016, one Christian was martyred every six minutes. The staggering number makes Christians the most persecuted religious group in the world. Around 70% resulted from tribal conflicts in Africa, often because Christians refused to take part in violence. Very sad. Here's another one I thought was very interesting. As if you need another reason to head to church this Sunday, recent study from a professor at Harvard School of Public Health found that married couples who regularly attend religious services together are 47% more likely to not get divorced than couples who don't go to church. The study's lead researcher, according to this article, Church Attendance Leads to Lower Divorce Rates, says... Church religious services reinforce the idea that marriage is something sacred. Religious teachings also censure divorce and discourage adultery, um, which is one of the strongest predictors of divorce. And of course, many churches now offer various types of family support. Previous studies also from Harvard suggest church attendance is linked to happiness and lower risk of depression, which would also play into the divorce data. 47% less 
more likely not to get divorced or less likely to be divorced. So what an interesting fact. I hope that uh, this weekend, if you are married, that you go to church as a family. And uh, don't forget to thank your mother. If, if she is still on this earth, thank her for anything she has done for you. Uh, not all moms are perfect. No mom's perfect. But uh, majority of moms, they sacrifice, they give, they teach, they train, they love their kids. And each one of us has benefited at a minimum just from being alive because of our mothers. And most of us can think of many wonderful things that we really owe to our moms that we can look back and say, you know what, my mom taught me that. Uh, My mom uh, uh, trained me in that way. My mom taught me right. And uh, make sure that this Sunday that you honor your mother. That is a biblical directive. It's a command to honor your father and mother. And this weekend being Mother's Day on Sunday, make sure that you are a blessing to her and that you let her know how much you love her and how much you appreciate all that she's done for you. Now, uh, here at Harvest Baptist Church, we're going to be honoring mothers this Sunday morning in our Sunday morning service. I want to encourage you, if you don't have a church home, come visit us at Harvest Baptist Church. 10.30 a.m. is our morning worship service on Sundays, but that's not when it all starts. 9.30 a.m., we have classes for adults and children of all ages. We have a nursery, children's program. We'd love to have you here at Harvest Baptist Church if you don't have a church home of your own. If you do have a church home of your own, and it's the kind of church where they open the Bible and they preach the Word of God and they encourage you to live by it, then be faithful to that body of believers. Worship with them. And uh, But if you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you here at Harvest Baptist Church. You'll see me there. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Pastor Heron will be speaking this Sunday morning. Sunday evening is our baccalaureate service for Harvest Christian Academy and Harvest uh, Baptist Bible College as well. So love to have you come participate in that as well. And this has been, again, the fastest two hours of my week here on Live Till 5, our live local talk and variety program here on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Thanks for staying tuned and have a great weekend.